From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. (laughs) 
and each episode, our special guest brings with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, our guest is Josh Corngut, Dread Central's culture editor and host of the podcast Development Hell on Dread Central's podcast network. He is also the co-director of the short film Best Friends Forever with Emily Gagne, and it made the festival circuit, and it is an incredible short. Um, And also, little known fact, he was a PA on the set of Big Brother Canada. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) Wow, thank you. I was trying to erase that from my history. (laughs) Embrace Um, it. But now everybody knows. You know what? The truth of the matter is, and I haven't actually told you this yet, I wasn't just a PA. I was a craft PA. So I was literally just making sandwiches. At the table, like handing out snacks to people. Oh, yeah. Or not even like in like the second kitchen, like miles away from everybody else. No one could see me. Very (laughs) Very scullery. Did you have to like work weird hours? Yeah, it was insane. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. Yes. Because it's a twenty-four hour, it's a twenty-four hour right. machine. It never stops. And never so, sleeps. like, are right. you f- feeding them? I'm not feeding them. Although occasionally I am, if they need like weird pizza for a challenge or something. Generally, I'm just feeding the crew, making them making them cheese plates. It's so pathetic. <laughs> and I had been to so much school, so like four years of university, a year of college, so ready to start my journey, and then I'm making cheese platters for two years. <laughs> felt after i graduated and they were not when nice. i graduated from college Sorry. and i was a bartender and i was like did i really just go through all of that <laughs> for this at least you got tips that's true that's and that's you got true to be, like, cool <laughs> you were just in the in a skull you're a scullery maid in the back getting <laughs> yelled at to make maid. cheese plates and like bologna sandwiches so much yelling you know who's always the worst the editors really they angry they're they're so angry. I, I can, I can, I, I, I can sympathize, and I don't even it's edit like actual shows. <laughs> yeah. Editing is a fucking nightmare sometimes. Yeah. So maybe I do, maybe I do. Oh, understand. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And they're like in a tower, really far away, and you have to like not drop the cheese plate the whole time. It's very. They've never seen very the sun. They're like traumatic. bats. They like hiss when they come out. That's how I feel when I edit a video. Insane. That's how I feel when I edit audio. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. No, I'm good. No, I'm fine. I'm so good. Uh, Uh, Speaking of blasting to the face with sun and and, and freaking out, let's talk about horror. How did you get introduced to horror? I believe the first horror movie I ever saw was I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is, I think it's actually a pretty good one for a number one. But before then, I was a big Buffy fan. Buffy really freaked me out. Actually, the, the truth is that what I was really scarred for life by was not a movie, but an episode of Buffy. But then Mary Beth was like, you can't bring in an episode of Buffy. That's horrible. So then I, I pivoted. Um, I would like to send a screenshot where yeah, I so said, that, you can bring an episode of Buffy, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the word can was in all caps, though. <laughs> you can, can bring an episode of Buffy. But... Yeah. Um, but then I, it was the gateway teen slashers of the 90s. And this, I think the movie we're going to talk about today falls into that. That kind of was my gateway to real horror. And here we are. So you kind of grew up in, in that time frame then as, of the like the, the 90s slasher craze? Is that? Hell yes. Yes. So I, I was a kid in the 90s and in the 2000s is when I was like kind of in high okay. school. So yeah, that was my journey. That was my time. So what were some of your favorites from that from that era? Oh, I love this question. Okay. Mm, huge Urban Legend okay. fan. Number two, maybe even better than number one. Is it controversial? I, I don't know. 
um, Urban Legends Final Cut. How dare you? you? Know, Speaking about film school. Funny story. I saw that in college, <laughs> and it is what made oh, yeah. me want to write a screenplay because I knew what I could do better than the, that horrible piece of crap movie. <laughs> I couldn't. And you did, no, I'm sure. I couldn't. Oh, you no, couldn't? I mean, I, I, I... You didn't try to well, I, I mean, <laughs> see, it's your favorite movie. You love it. And yet, here you I go. I love it. I do. Just I turn it, it apart. It is terrible. I'm sorry. I love it. It's not... the. I would not call that the golden age of horror, but it's certainly my favorite. Okay. Um, I know Eat of the Summer is so, it's so good. Iconic. And the second one with Jack Black. Okay. Also good. <laughs> Jack Black's in the second one? <laughs> Uh, in yes, treads. yes, but he, I think he Alan Smithy did. I don't think he, I don't know if his name is in the credits anymore, which I think is a good idea. Can we just cut him out of the movie? No offense to Jack Black, who I no, love. Uh, he's, but... I love him too. Yeah, it just cut, just CGI out the dreadlocks. I, <laughs> I want to see that cut. I want to see that cut. You've heard of but have you heard of de dreading? <laughs> de- I think, I it's, think time. it's time. The technology I, you know, exists. Why I, wouldn't yeah. we do it? <laughs> what, we need to use technology to make the world exactly. a better place. Um, <laughs> so, aside from the movie that we're talking about today and an episode of Buffy, were there any other movies that really scared you as a kid? Yes. So, Candyman was a huge one. I obviously couldn't bring that in because it's just too relevant. And I'm white and I didn't want to do that. But yeah, there's a scene in Candyman... Specifically, um, it's a flashback of a little boy using the public bathroom and then getting his junk, I guess, hooked off by Candyman. I never really f- figured that one out. That really did it. I think when I was a kid, when kids got it in movies, that really, like, disrupted my whole worldview. I was like, what do you mean kids can die? I'm a kid. Can I die? Holy shit, I can. And so that really, that really resonated with me. And you know what? I'm still scared of of, of dying today. Oh, I thought you so, were going to say of kids yeah. dying today. And I'm like, no. Oh. No, no, no. That's fine. <laughs> um, and, no, no. I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah. And the episode of Buffy that really messed me up was about kids dying. Okay. There was an episode where uh, she goes to a hospital because of a fever. And then all these kids keep getting murdered. And it turns out there's a monster that only kills kids. So there's like my mini scarred for life for that Buffy episode. People wouldn't let me. I've talk only about. seen one episode of Buffy. Yeah, the energy here is very anti-Buffy. <laughs> it is, and I think everyone at home should know that because it's not a safe Buffy space. It's not a safe Buffy and space, and you know I no, want to no, I want to correct no. that, but here we are. I, I'm disappointed in you, Terry. I don't know you at all, but I, I felt like maybe I would have had a Buffy supporter. In uh, you know, I, but I, I don't. It was, it was the time. It was such a, a time when I was not into camp. I was not embracing any mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. And so the mm-hmm. first few episodes I watched, I was like, this thing is shit. And I stopped watching. Well, yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Wow. So we have two. I feel like Mary Beth's kind of like that too, where she she didn't find camp until I later. I did not find camp until career. later in my horror career. You are correct. Did not get an appreciation for it for a while, and now I do. But like you said, mm-hmm. it, so it's, it's, it's happened. It's, it's happened. just it's a newer. It's newer than my childhood. So what draws you to horror now as an adult? Well, I think okay. So my impulse for that is I am a very anxious man. I've got um, an anxiety disorder that I celebrate because I think it fuels my creativity. But I also think it's part of why I'm so drawn to horror. Um, I remember being a kid being in the, and the thought came to me of, you know, if you are the scary thing, then you're safe. And I think something about that kind of always stayed with me. So I think if I'm like in the book, like in the good books of the scary stuff, like horror movies, 
then maybe I'm safer ultimately. I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it's, it is my truth. No, okay. that makes sense. It does make sense. Thank so, you. do you ever get that? Do you still get scared when you watch horror movies? I mean, I know that Terry and I struggle with that, yes. but do you ever get scared still? I am always scared. Yeah. I'm always absolutely petrified. I'm a huge baby watching horror movies. My go to is to plug my ears before I close my Ooh. eyes. Okay. And the sounds get, get me good right. for some okay. reason. Yeah. Especially like jump scares. Jump scares are okay, but the sound effects are not okay. So I'm, if you're if you ever watch a horror mo- movie with me, I'm always just like fingers in my ears and like rocking back and forth. I look <laughs> like I am suffering. Um, and the movie I, I rewatched for today it, it still scared me. Why? It's not scary at all. We'll get to it. But yes, the same reaction Incredible. did occur. So what are some of the last movies that truly scared you? Oh my god, I smoke so much pot, so I don't remember three minutes ago what are the last movies that scared oh, okay i had I, I, the last episode of my on my podcast we did something the conjuring adjacent and so we rewatched the conjuring 2 not my genre not my franchise but there were some scares on that that like <laughs> i'm sorry to say it got it got me okay it's good he's really good so the james wan yes, movies he's really me. good at that he's, he's very good at staging he's a scare. really good at staging a scare yes I am very anti-religious horror. Same. Um, it's part of my brain. Oh, thank you. I'm guessing you didn't grow up religious. Nope. This is my guess. We've talked about this many yeah. times where it's like Exorcist, I don't think is a good movie. Um, and people Mm-mm, like, I, and I know people love it. I'm not, I possession films. I love supernatural films, but like religious horror, not not my bag. So I'm, I'm there. Are you an insidious queen? Oh God. Yes. No? Insidious. Insidious. Oh, yeah. Insidious 2 are so fabulous. Okay, first of all, how dare you with the Insidious 3 erasure, because I love it so much. It's I know it's not good, but it's kind of like I imprinted on that one. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Aw, like your mother. I need to revisit. She's auditioning for, I went to theater school in high school and university, and there's a theater school audition scene in that that is truly terrifying to me. Do you remember it? She's like waving at her dead mom, but it's not her dead mom. Something else. Is that the one where she's like in a wheelchair? Is that is that? That one, yeah. okay. Oh, I barely remember it. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Rewatch it. I, I'm an asthma queen myself, and the main monster. I have in asthma that, as like, well. Has, so you know, so you get I it. I do get First it. First of all, scary as it is, it's terrifying. Breathing is important. Yes. <laughs> Overrated. But the, the big bad in that movie is like a big part of his trait is that he like can't breathe, and he has like an oxygen mask on all the time. Very triggering for mm. me. I remember I sh- I showed my roommate that movie and she never watched horror movies and she couldn't finish it. Uh, are you talking about number three? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, well, her and horror. <laughs> is not I, know, I, was, I was like, Hold on, this is Insidious three. Like, this is not even like no, the scary, it's scary one. It's scary. It's scary. But she, oh, she's just a baby, which is fine. <laughs> Listen, I'm a baby that is also a horror fan. So I, I kind of see both sides of of this. I also made point. my roommate watch We Are What We Are and didn't tell her it was a cannibal movie. So oh, Mary Beth, is this the same yeah. girl? Are you still friends? Yes, is, we is she are. Okay? She wasn't. She wasn't the friend I lost living with. Surprisingly enough. Oh my god! <laughs> see, horror keeps people together. To she be was honest. like always really. She's like it's, Mary Beth and me watch a movie about cannibals and didn't tell me, and I was like, Was it the original or the remake? The remake. The American I, one. I haven't seen either, but um, our coworker and my longtime companion Emily Gagne—that's one of her favorite movies. The remake. It's a really good movie. I've never seen either. Either. Thank you. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. It's, I don't know. Cannibals are not my gig. I'm not. I, I, I support them in real life and in the movies, but it's just not necessarily my go-to. Okay. 
Hannibal supporter, Josh yes. Cornett. Yes. Um, so what are some of your favorite horror movies now as an adult? Jesus Cruz. I, 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 you know, I turn off my phone because I'm like, I don't want it to be buzzing. One of my favorite like recent horror movies, is that the question? Yeah. Oh, God. Jeez, Louise. I don't know. Um, I'm more of a campy kind of 90s, 80s horror aficionado myself. The new stuff I like, James Wan, I'm always here for. I haven't seen Malignant. Stop spoiling it constantly. Um, oh, the part where Superman comes in? <laughs> he, he, it's that third act everyone's talking about. Just wild. You never it's, see it coming. Superman coming for everybody. He, yeah. I feel like I'm one of the few people that didn't, that kind of liked the new Candyman. Mm, I did. You did. Yeah. Had some issues. I, I mean, listen, is the, is the end terrible? Absolutely. That's all. <laughs> That's the end of that, of that, of that feedback. Yeah. So I, I'm not, I don't really know. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to James Wan. James Wan, for some reason, is always able to, to give me that ooh, ah, uh, ah uh, sensation. Love that ooh, I got ah, sensation. Put that on the poster of his next movie. He gives me that ooh, ooh, ah, ah sensation. Um, I, I should say that I did steal that from a very famous drag queen. Um, and so just in case anyone, anyone was going to come for me in the comments. Which one? Monique Hart. And who's to say where okay. she got it from? You know, it's, it's, that's, that's, that's drag, uh, colloquialism. <laughs> I feel like at least 30% of my vocabulary is now drag. Quoke. Quoke? Yes. Ah, I like... Colloquialism was so hard to say the first time. (laughs) So, okay. So you make... You you made a movie. Yes. Called Best Friends Forever. Yes, I did. Can you tell us and the listeners a little bit about it? So, I am a filmmaker at... In my heart. That's what I want to be doing. Everything else that I'm doing is sort of just a long con to get to that place. Best (laughs) Friends Forever... I would say was the first, mm, I should find a better word than real, but real short film that I was, you know, that I've ever created. We actually got funding. We did it legit through and through. And it it was um, kind of a big deal for me and my co-creator, Emily. It opened a bunch of doors. We got to travel to all these really cool film festivals. And I think we really got to make a, a horror movie that we really wanted to make, which was very 90s inspired, very urban legend inspired. Mm. I would say my favorite subgenre in horror is urban legend horror. And so we made okay. a very girl-focused 90s urban legend moment that I can still stand by. And currently we are in process of trying to turn it into a feature. There have been Ooh. ups and downs on that journey, but we're still we're still on that path. Is your uh, short film available for people to watch? It is not yet. We're holding okay out hope that you know something good is going to happen in our lives but if it doesn't because it never does we'll we'll end up getting that online somehow so what was the what was it like to make your first short movie like what was that process like was it exhausting and like giving birth (laughs) yeah it truly was well film production like just don't do it it's horrible it's really (laughs) grueling no matter what like position you have the only time that i think it's it's like worth the blood sweat and tears is if it's your film is if you know it's your baby and this was ours thank goodness so all the blood sweat and tears were worth it we filmed it in april so you'd think weather would be on our side but we Hmm. had truly historically the world's or canada's like worst ice storm that entire weekend that we were shooting and we almost lost power about 30 kabillion times we had to scrap all outdoor shooting and like 
sort of rewrite the ending for Inside, but it kind of worked. But it was very traumatic. And 12-hour days, that's or even 15-hour days, they're both so inhumane. We need, we yeah. need to stop it immediately. Eight-hour days for film. I, I, this is my new campaign. Did any movie ever have a smooth shooting schedule? Never. Like, I swear, like, every time we talk to someone and they're like, they're what, we, we're the one weekend we filmed, there's like a cataclysmic event. I'm like, I don't, it's like, God hate, God, gods, whatever the hell, hates film production. So God they hates choose- film. God hates film. <laughs> you, you heard it here. Yeah, no, God does hate film. He's like, actually do something productive with your life. Like, you, your grandpa was right. This is for after 5 p.m. <gasps> it's amazing that any film gets made, really. I agree. I don't understand it. I think. You know, oh, some of them have money, though. Imagine money. That's true. Imagine that? money. Imagine the money. <laughs> Imagine, <laughs> just picture yourself as James Wan. You're going to make some really good stuff, and then you'll eventually be handed a, a daddy's black Amex to make the craziest shit you've ever made in your life. I know. Am I going to have to go to director jail for a few years, just like he did? It might have been more than a few years, actually, between the... Uh, he went to director jail after... Dead silence, and then he did. It was dead silence, and that, uh, and then the death, death sentence. sentence. Dead sentence. Yeah. yeah, that was it, wasn't it? That was like the. Those were like no, and it was the same year too. And Hollywood was like, Girl, yeah. no. Um, and then, uh, but then he, 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 we got him back. But I think that's rare. I feel like people don't usually get out of director jail. Well, it's probably true. Who's so to say? So I hope just, I don't, just, just I hope don't, don't go. go. To, just, just don't go. Just don't go to director jail. I think I like that's I probably the workaround. Yes, I think if you're a <laughs> just dude. You avoid do get jail a and period. Oh yeah, like, I. <laughs> yeah, I, don't think I, I don't think I do so good in jail. Although I do have a plan in place if it does ever occur. I won't necessarily share it here, but I want okay. everyone to know that it, it's been thought out. <laughs> you're okay, prepared. You're good. You got. I am, you I, prepared I, for all situations. I am, I am prepared. I have. I have a, a simple three-step plan. I have one more question for you about your creative endeavors before we go. But like, what is like your dream project? Not the whole, I don't want you to give the whole thing, but like, what's like the dream thing you'd love to make? I love this question. So I mentioned earlier, I'm a huge fan of urban legend horror. (laughs) So I'd either like to make my own sort of big urban legend moment movie, or I would love to get the keys to the I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise. I know there's a series coming out that's going to retcon everything. It's very unfortunate. But I have a pitch for a a never-made fourth film where I'm going to bring back Anne Hesh, okay? That's the only person I'm going to bring back. And it's going to be called um, Forever Summer, but I'm going to spell it F-O-U-R because there is a third movie in case you're not aware. There is, but I have never seen it. You've never seen I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. We need to stop filming or recording and go watch and then come back. I should have picked that. I'm so thankful you did it. <laughs> it's, it's all, there's a supernatural element in it, which is wild. It's like, it's 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 the myth of the Hookman is coming to get oh. shot. The myth of the Hookman. The Hookman. The Hookman. The myth of the Hookman. Um, is that a good answer? Was that a bad answer? It's an incredible answer. Oh, there is no answer. right or wrong answer. I love it. Okay. I want so, another but, urban legend movie. I love urban legend yeah. movies. Urban legends are the best. So good. And I feel like they're often not executed great. Like, you know, bye-bye man, empty man territory. So I feel like they don't have... Oh, excuse me. Empty man is good. Is that where we're getting at? There will not be any empty man slander on this podcast. That's why I did that. I have not actually seen it. <laughs> it's because Ted... <sighs> Ted Henschke from Dread XP hey, speaks mad shit about 
the empty man and i blame him for putting that slander right, into so your brain homework i i will go watch the third i know what you did last summer and you will go watch the two hour and <laughs> so long million minute i watched 10 <laughs> minutes man. of it and then i was like this is in the himalayan mountains okay bye <laughs> i turned it off i will try it again i did write an article for dread central about like trans identity in the empty man but it wasn't my concept i was promoting someone else's article seemed legit though w- would you say there was like trans allegory in the empty man i could potentially see it yeah mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. i would have to think about it because i wasn't I-, I was just in awe the first time i watched this so i oh. wasn't really thinking creative or like critically about it sweet i mean i was just trying to make sure i knew what the fuck was going on <laughs> i gotta watch it yeah be- it's good. before i should own it anymore uh yes please it's fantastic Okay, before we do move on, though, I want to... what Can you tell our listeners what your podcast is about? Oh, yeah, that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, so I host Development Hell on the Dread Podcast Network. Every episode I unearth, I would call them like a classic horror movie that never got made. So these are horror movies that got stuck in Development Hell and never really found their way out. So some good examples would be Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, uh, Neil Blomkamp's Alien 5, um, we just did an episode on uh, the Crooked Man spinoff that never got made. So those kinds of things, because I don't know, it's, I'm obsessed with horror movies that never got made. And I find it's an easy conversation starter for her, usually with horror fans. I've been on it. Terry maybe might be on it in the future. Who knows? But Yeah, please, please, Terry. Terry, off, like, if, if, like gun to your head right now. I'm sorry, gun violence is not to be joked about. <laughs> is there a, a movie that, that you were excited for that didn't come out ever in your life? I mean, I think you covered the one yeah, those for are me the, with know, the, 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 the Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, because, I mean, I was a Fred head. <gasps> I am still a Fred head. Fred head is, Freddy's the best. Freddy is the best. Um, hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's such a, and there's so many Freddy I'll movies that never got made, it. too. Yeah. I'll have to think about it. I love it. Yeah. And, and then bring it to me, and then hopefully I can coerce you to come on my podcast. Right. There's no coercion needed. <gasps> Good. See, we don't need Mary Beth anymore. We have each other. <laughs> so, so sorry. She, she literally just like flew the out into the ceiling. <laughs> um, <laughs> so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um. <laughs> anyway, um, Josh, what movie did you bring in with me today happening. to talk about? I don't know either. Just- <laughs> I brought in the Buffy episode "Killed by Death." No, I didn't. I brought in. The- <laughs> I brought in <laughs> the faculty, a Kevin Williamson original moment. I believe 1997, 1998. I forget. 1998. 98. God damn. I was a junior. Oh, such a good year for everything. I would say. All of my favorite music came out in 1998, and I'm not going to tell you what they are. Um, yeah, the faculty. Let me let me read a quick synopsis to catch everybody up. Um, the synopsis of this one is hysterical that we got from IMDb. Oh um, when Casey Connor, Harrington High School's newspaper photographer, witnesses the murder of a nurse and sees her alive again, he decides to investigate <laughs> the bizarre happenings. That's like not. That's not the movie. That's not the movie. And is Casey I'll the be honest. lead? Sorry. No, I, I, I didn't. Incre- did you put that as a joke? Because it's actually quite incredible. No, I literally just copied it off of IMDb without even reading it. I was just like, I got to get this document done. Copy paste. So you reading this right now. I was like, nerd. Wow. Yeah. Ner- okay. That's yeah, all, like, Selma, all of that Selma is Hayek. in it. Oh, yeah. Selma. Yeah. 
Selma Hayek's the nurse. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but who is not in this movie? Like, I feel like Melania Trump was in this movie. Everybody's in this movie. <laughs> Melania Trump with the, the cast Casey's is fucking da- stacked. Casey's mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cast is stacked. Um, I mean, we have Clea Duvall, Famke Jansen, Selma Hayek, the thing living on Josh Hartnett's head. Like, there's so many. Oh, that was, that was funny. It's it was so distracting. For someone that's so hot, the hair is so bad. It's really bad. Who, it's embarrassing. Who allowed that? But, like, how did he do that, too? You I know what I mean? refused like, to not have it I, I i don't know not this movie specifically i think it was halloween h2o or something i've heard that he like would not allow his hair not to look like that which was another choice <laughs> if you're that hot i feel like you have to do something to sort of dumb it down otherwise how do you like, even look too nice? much was his hair that bad in the virgin suicides no long i don't remember it being it was like that bad like longer Cute. like 70 does he have an obsession with with bad hairstyles yeah, he, uh, oh he's always had bad hair that has to be he's a yes. just just he's so hot but his hair is so bad <laughs> it's a it's a living thing that's why it's a living yes. thing it is the faculty his hair is actually the titular oh faculty God. but josh okay can you tell us why like <laughs> why you picked this movie your horror like your horror mm-hmm, story mm-hmm. with the faculty so i feel like Many people have that one type of gore or violence that they cannot handle. Like, I find a lot of people, it's eyeball mm. stuff or mm-hmm. stuff along those lines. For me, okay, this is going to be gross even just to say out loud. I don't know if it's going to be bad for you. Um, it's always skull stuff or, like, scalp stuff that, like, sends me into a tizzy, tizzy, tizzy. Mm. And there's a scene in this movie where uh, the football player's in the shower and then some old lady emerges in the steam and she's like, oh, help me, I'm melting. And then her, like, st- and then something happens in, in along the lines of, of that. And it was so horrifying to me as a child. And um, I could not watch it this time around. I, I actually did not watch that part or listen to it's, it. It's, it's kind of goopy. It's fucking horrifying. It's like she, he literally like touch, so like grabs the hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But also like the, the horror of your old teacher like almost naked, both also busting bad. in uh, on you in the shower. Naked. Like she's taking off her clothes as she's walking in there. And he's it, like, she was overheated. Oh, poor lady. Poor lady. Yeah, how traumatizing for that for a, a high school yeah senior to be like. In his shower. Was he the protagonist? With a soap on a rope. No. 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 Elijah I don't think Wood? any of them are protagonists. No, the, no, no. The, the, it's the football player, Stan. It's a football player, it's Stan. yeah. Stan. Elijah Wood finds him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is Stan the protagonist in the movie? No, Stan gets got, like, Oh, yeah, Stan through. does get got. So who's, yeah. who, who is... I mean, Casey is the final boy. Truly. Those eyes. Those piercing, husky eyes. Elijah oh, Elijah Wood, baby! He's such a young baby in this movie. He is. He's one of my one of my so Hollywood crushes. All of my other crushes look exactly the same. So it's him, Tobey Maguire from like two thousand and one, Daniel Radcliffe. Okay, okay. so you look like a good like kind of like five seven kind of guy who looks That's British. That's literally my height. So oh, shots perfect. Fired. Um, yeah, <laughs> someone that looks tired. Someone that looks sick. <laughs> that really so you would absolutely love uh dear evan hansen oh my god i had tickets to see that and i didn't go and i'm really glad i about went to that. go see it last night and holy shit where are you based terry i'm in omaha nebraska oh was there a festival there no there was um they're doing like an advanced screening oh, of it okay wait so did you see it is that what you just said oh i saw it tell me 
you, let's just hear a little bit. I want to hear. I haven't heard it in real life yet what people. He looks of. fucking ghoulish. <laughs> he looks ghoulish. Yeah, he does. And the way that they they shoot it with with the 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 lights, it gives him like hollowed out eyes. And there's one scene where he is singing to his girl crush, and he looks like Nosferatu, and he does this like maybe move I, on her. And I'm like, maybe I will girl, find get that away, hot. get your get your steaks, get your holy water, get the fuck away. <laughs> Garlic, why did you let him in your house? <laughs> that does kind of sound hot, actually. Why did you give him permission that, to come in uh, your home? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Are you going to re- rewatch it once it's de-aged? Because that's going to make it so much scarier. Yeah, they're no. doing a de-aged version for streaming. I saw that. Why would you no. do that? That's a nightmare. I like the politician. I, Is that okay to say? Is that a safe thing to say? I didn't mind okay, it. Thank you. I don't even know what you're talking about. Because you're um, not a Netflix gay man. Series. It's yeah. true. And it's true. That's correct. I am not a gay man. Um, but Josh, I'm, I'm pivoting okay. back to the faculty here. Just real right, quick. Right, right, right. Just getting back on <laughs> the, so sorry, so the sorry, movie. So it's okay. Um, how did you, like, what was, like, the, the the situation surrounding you seeing the faculty for the first time? Like, why I, were you watching it? Okay, so my relationship with my father to this day, 99% consists of horror movies. And I actually don't think that's sad. I think that's something to celebrate. I love that. Thank you. I do love that. And so it must have been on because i it was like weekend with dad every other week was kind of the deal because product of divorce clearly look at me um and so yeah it was like some sunday afternoon like 1 p.m you know like a bright sunny toronto apartment i watched this movie and it somehow terrified me so 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 much yeah was it just that scene or were there was it it was okay when i picked it, it that was the only scene that came to mind but as i was mm-hmm. rewatching it there were so many that triggered like oh this fucked me up as a kid including the in the very opening uh someone gets stabbed in the hand with a pencil too oh yeah too much for me can't accept that oh a lot of pencil horror in this yes, like yes pen and pencils and I, I just watched titane i never will say that right and there's a lot of like i still need um, to see it pencil-like objects getting shoved into people's ears and that. So hmm. I didn't like that. But, um, That's yeah, my just... worst nightmares. Pencils are my worst nightmare because I knew someone who had the leads that got stuck in their hand when someone oh. else stabbed them. And like oh. that just paranoid me forever. And I was always scared that I was going to get lead stuck in my hand. It's never too and late. I knew that like, it was never too late. But <laughs> it's I never was too late for terrified. Now. It's like so much ugh, ugh, something about like, it. Obviously, you're scared me. of the stabbing and not the poisoning of the lead, right? Just to be clear. Oh, no, it's both. It's both. It's, it's, it's a one-two punch. I'm scared to have the lead under my hand because I'll get lead poisoning and my hand will fall off. Yeah. Is that what will happen? I actually had I don't actually lead know if that's in true. my hand. No. Yeah. Do you still have are your you, hand? Are you okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a podcast. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Two years during a podcast and I just found out. Wait, so you had lead stuck in your hand? Yeah, I, I got a pencil stabbed into it somehow. I don't remember exactly why. <laughs> and uh, it, like, it lasted. It was there for a while, and then it just went away. Did someone do this to you? Yes. Who was it? I have to find them. Name and shame. I don't Name know. I don't, I don't <laughs> remember who they were. I was, it was really young. I was like, I don't know. It was maybe like eight or nine. I barely, I barely remember it. I just remember like there being like this gray dot on my hand and me thinking... Hmm. Oh God! I'm going to lose my hand. This <laughs> way, Beth so rightly said. Then you wouldn't yes, have to do homework. that is. Ooh, yeah. I hate no, that I, shit. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. Ugh. Like pencils Ugh. getting stabbed into people. I don't. I don't like. What is? I feel like in my mind, I can see another famous horror movie scene where someone gets a pencil stabbed into their ankle. Does that sound at all familiar? Oh, Evil Dead. Oh, yes. Of course. 
That was gross. I like that. The Evil Dead. Sorry. Yeah, because there there is both. There is. I know. Get it right. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and then in that opening scene where where sexy Janine Garofalo gets murdered. Um, that's what I called her the whole time. The, the principal. Yeah. She said, oh my God. Like, I just, okay. She, I like, wait. Okay, but she's in so much shit. She was in, um. Janine Garofalo? Yeah. Je- not Janine no Garofalo. Sex, no sexy no, Janine Garofalo. No sexy Janine Garofalo. Um, she was uh, in. Excuse me, Janine Garofalo is sexy. Maybe this one's sexier, um, sorry. She was in, um, How Janine Was a Guy in Nine Days? How Was a Guy in Ten Days? She was the editor in chief of that. Of she the magazine. has an editor-in-chief energy, doesn't she? Right. I loved her. She was... There were so many hot, like, uh, mature... I guess not, like, just adult women in this. Mostly her and the one that I can't say the name well, of, because I don't so, know how to say it. Fam K. Jensen is how mm-hmm. I say it. But mm-hmm. what's I, what I didn't realize the first... Like, the first time I watched this, it wasn't that long ago. I really loved it, but I wasn't, like... I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. I think I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's going to be like a 90s, like mm-hmm. 90s teen movie. But the setup is really fascinating because it's called The Faculty and like the te- with the focus on the teachers at the beginning, you're like, oh, this is going to be a movie about the teachers and like them mm-hmm. fighting back. It's not bait and switch. No, 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 no. That's no, no. how I, like, it was interesting watching it this time and seeing how much like they focus on like the plight of the teacher and like budget stuff. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a bigger deal in the movie. And then it kind of isn't. They just, I know. Like, how, all get... how much do you feel for that drama teacher that she can't get her musical? Oh, and the English, the history or the English teacher who is just like wants to go on a on a field trip to New York, and on they're a field like, trip to New York. No, no. you're going to like oh, Ohio. I, Ohio. No, that's where it took place. He's. I think he has passed away. IRL. Do you guys know who that is? That that Ooh. teacher? Yeah. All right. Oh, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the setup. I was like. I did not think about how they really focus on the teachers and Robert Patrick as the coach of the football team. <laughs> uh, what do I know him from? Like, wh- like what is his? He's in Terminator X-Files? Two. Terminator Two. No, none of this is. My, you, what Josiah saw? He was. Like, That's <laughs> it. That's it. He's... <laughs> oh, wait, what no. is it? The movie that literally no one will see. That That's the one that you, you know. Yeah, what Josiah saw? The Fantasia movie that Joe hated. Who, who, who hated it? Oh, Joe. Joe hated what Josiah I saw from it. Fantasia, Terry. We all hated oh, it. Oh, okay. There's just... Can I explain one scene in it that, that also scarred me for life? No, because I'm going to give too much away. No, anyway, it's, don't, it's also really gross. It's Don't watch what, Jos- what Josiah saw. Don't no. do it. But yeah, he's <laughs> Josiah. Yes, he is, in fact, the titular Josiah. Mm, yeah, he's he's scary for sure. I like... He was, he was scary fun in this, so I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid football culture. Right? So this, I saw this movie when I was a junior. So it came out actually Christmas Day, which is weird. Oh, Um, it's so weird. What a, you know, sometimes they do that sort of like uh, against type programming. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I don't remember exactly how I saw it because I don't think I saw Christmas Day, but I do remember seeing it probably over Christmas break and I absolutely loved it. I was a huge, huge fan of that sort of like the slasher boom of the of the 90s which i definitely as you mentioned earlier josh i do include this one in that because it definitely has the the slasher tropes the, the cold open i thought was a really nice reversal of the typical cold open we typically see in slasher films from that time as you kind of were talking about with it being the the adults as opposed to a massacre of kids mm-hmm. teenagers um but yeah I, I i remember really digging this one and then i was surprised that like i don't know i guess they called it 
they didn't think it was very successful. Although looking back on it now, it, it made sixty three million dollars. That's pretty good. That's not bad. I was gonna say okay. I saw that on the IMD on the Wikipedia Did you see page. How much they made it for fifteen. Oh, that today that would have had like five sequels. It, yeah, but I guess that like is, stacked up against bad. Scream that probably made like five hundred million. They were like, mm, no, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, ninety eight, you are coming off of like the Scream, which oh, like was making. Yeah. This Fuko is bucks, the most like, post-Scream movie that I think I've ever seen in my life. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, tell me about that. Dig into that. Well, I, I, <laughs> I forgot it was written by Kevin Williamson, which is a true sham, because I feel like I talked about it with someone five minutes ago. But all of the the horror references, it wasn't really horror references. I guess this is like the sci-fi version of Scream, where everything is kind of like sci-fi referential in it. And you mm-hmm. have... And Elijah Wood, what a good little actor... Because he is nailing some of the most ridiculous dialogue that I think has ever been written in history. And, like, he was talking about how, like, it's the fiction and the science fiction and it's the fiction that's going to get you. And it's like, what? But he's committing. Okay. But I liked that, though, because, you know, there's that that comment about, like, you know, this would be those books are in the fiction category. And he's like, yeah, so is uh, Schindler's List. And so the idea that, that, like, truth can come from fiction, I think, is... Is an interesting ideology to explore, uh, and the idea that maybe like I, I got a little a little far, but I did love that he's like Steven Spielberg could be an alien. You know, these they could be like lulling us into like some uh, false sense of security. I love that yeah. idea that, do, that we're just becoming like brain numb to aliens, so that when an alien invasion actually does happen. We don't notice it. I just love the idea of aliens fucking with us in such a long con. And just, like, trolling us for so long, just, like, because why not? But that happened on 30 Days of Night, because they say in the movie that they spent centuries trying to pretend that they weren't real and become a fairy tale so that they could decimate people without it being considered a real thing. So they could eventually take over an Alaskan town. Not just Alaskan. (laughs) A lot of commitment for about, what, 30 days. (laughs) Is she okay? I thought about watching the movie and i was like hey there's like a cool little weird oh God, parallel josh here josh hartnett is it a par- <gasps> that's like cold josh hartnett this was like that's did like, he have bad hair though uh it's under a hat most of the time I was but just when it wasn't, say it's always under a hat. <laughs> it was like kind of long and shaggy it was kind of hot though it wasn't that bad in that movie but it so was I remember being really attracted to him in that movie yeah, yeah me, me too oh no this isn't bad hair mm-hmm. he's He's a pretty man. Yo, he's such he's a very pretty man. He is a beautiful but, man. Yes, that kind of like almost androgynous supermodel energy. Just Okay, speaking of supermodel energy though, this was basically a Calvin Klein ad. Yes. Do you remember hearing I, that? Like and all that stuff. Like they talk about this in the faculty of horror when they talked about the faculty, I, I think. About how like there was some weird ad with them. Like, or some deal oh, really? with Calvin Klein or something? With- it looks like a Calvin Klein, Klein ad. That's absolutely I mean, correct. most of the actors in, like, the teen slashers, it felt like they were walking off the set of some Calvin Klein, Abercrombie & Fitch. Like, totally. that's, that's where they're coming from. It's incredible. Uh, okay, so the the kind of... I like what you're talking about, Josh, about this sort of, like, scream aspect where it's, like, here it's a lot of oh, sci-fi horror-type mm-hmm. inspirations because, I mean, some of them are pretty obvious. Like, the, the test is obviously the thing where instead of blood it's like snorting drugs where it's like that that is and i am only thinking about this because we just recently watched the thing recently um recently watched the thing recently that's great um 
<laughs> or the idea of like the parasitic kind of like creatures is is definitely like it's pulling from the puppet masters which was the robert heinlein book that gets brought up yes, a lot in this it gets name dropped which is a good book by the way I, you know i've me and science fiction have like a weird relationship where like i always think it's not for me but every time i dive into it it is so i i, I should give it a, a better shake I mean, I haven't read it since I was, like, probably in high school. I probably read it after I saw this movie. I haven't read a honest. book since I was in high school. Okay. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but, mm. okay. I do want to talk about another inspiration that this thing pulls from, though. Because in hindsight... Well, I'll get to that in a minute. So, it's pulling from The Breakfast Club. Like, mm-hmm. these characters are obvious, you know, stand-ins for the characters from The Breakfast Club. You have the criminal. Here it's Zeke. The princess, Delilah. The athlete, Stan. The brain, Casey. The basket case, slash, they call her the ugly duckling, which I don't think you can ever call Clea Duvall ugly. But Stokely, right? And then you have this new girl, Mary Beth, coming in, which put a point in that for a moment because I have a question. But, okay, so... You have the first, the five Breakfast Club members, and then this new person coming in. Should have known immediately that she was the alien queen. Hell yes. Should have known. I, did, I feel like I, I knew because obviously I've seen it before, but I feel like I wouldn't have guessed it. I didn't guess I it. I did not I, guess when I, it when I, I first saw it a couple years ago. I was like, no yeah, way. I should have. I know. I should have too. Because it's pulling from the Breakfast Club, and there's one person extra. It's obviously that person does not belong. They are the outsider. They are the alien. Who's the extra in the Breakfast Club? Okay, spoilers. I've never seen it. I'm so sorry. Oh, there is no extra. There is like, no it's, extra. it's a group of five, so they have these five oh, people, and then you have oh. this extra person coming in. So obviously, they're the outsider, aka the alien that's coming oh, that's in to so assimilate. So she like literally is the alien, and because they're clearly pulling all those archetypes. Cool. Because mm-hmm. everyone else is an archetype of a, of a character from that from that movie. I liked how a lot of the horror actually took place within the high school. I always love mm. that in movies and i feel like often it doesn't it not, nothing actually goes down in the school like i love the pool moment and the gymnasium Ugh. moment it's just like a, yes it really pulls off like teen horror really well but i love a good uh, gy- that shot oh, oh just saying, I, I love a good i love a good gymnasium like horror moment Ugh, me too me too and the the moment where she is swimming in the pool as the big monster and then that turns into the shadow and then turns into her is such a well composited effect shot like it looks so good yes and it holds up it weirdly holds up and there's a lot of cgi and of course sometimes it's a little cringe but generally speaking it is very effective and the part where she's walking through the change rooms and you just see the shadow of her tentacles to give the sense mm-hmm. of what she is, which is really beautiful. And they're in the gymnasium at one point, and the what's it called? The streamers are hanging from the ceiling, and it kind of gives the tentacle effect. It's a very oh, well yeah. made movie. Mm-hmm. Mary Beth, uh, do you have something you need to tell us though? <gasps> are you an alien? Yes. Duh. This is this is not a spoiler, guys. This is our spoiler podcast. Yeah, we've seen this coming. Oh, I no, there is never a character named Mary Beth, and I was so excited. It takes an end. Josh Hartnett thought she was hot, and that's all I want is for Josh Hartnett to think I'm hot. So. You made out with him. I did. You, like, kind of, you guys kind of fall in love. Yeah. So this is my movie. This is my time to shine. Like Andrew- when. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
I was just say when they have like my the names pop up like so like opening of like a '90s yeah. sitcom. Yeah. I want to frame that. I want to take that that font and put it on my on my face. Just like you should make that your timeline image. <laughs> <laughs> Good font. Unfortunately, too. it's one word instead of two. I know. I'm so oh, mad. It's two it words, and it's not her middle name. I'm because married. she's from Atlanta. Yeah. So she it's it's one name minus she's two, a and minus the combination of my first and middle name. Is it generally a goody tissue name? Because the movie said that kind of and i that was news to me is that something you've dealt with Mm-mm. just mary and beth they're like super generic names but together they can do something anything special it's not, <laughs> yeah, as cre- yeah. it's not as creepily catholic as it sounds <laughs> separate i don't know i i think when they're together like as one word i do think that it kind of gives that that quaint sort of southern bell like feel to it people did used to say that i they reminded me that i reminded them of a cupcake (laughs) you yourself (laughs) i don't feel that i don't get that at all a cupcake yeah they were like you're just so innocent what you remind me of like a like a hot queer bartender that's well that's not the innocent type was once yeah. was was actually that at one point yeah yeah i know it's really the sleeve the 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 tattoo sleeve if you have a tattoo sleeve, you're just a hot queer bartender that's just like, it, it's just official. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very valid. But What's yeah. hotter, a sleeve on a guy or a girl? A girl. I, I think so, too. I think a girl, too. Quickly. I, quickly knew. I quickly knew I the answer. I want my man to be buried with me in a Jewish cemetery. So no no tattoos. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, we're, we're not going to get buried together. <laughs> on top of you. Buried on top of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Economical. Anyway. I'm so sorry. okay continuing with mary beth though Mm. the alien which one in the movie not the alien (laughs) um that's why i'm so scared of aliens because i am an alien (laughs) i do have a question about her backstory i'm wondering is she a human that was infected and did she actually come from atlanta where she actually infected a town in atlanta and now they're spreading to ohio or what is about? Because I don't think hmm. they really ever really explain her past, and so I'm curious. Well, yeah, because they need a ho- she needs a host, right? Like they had to, ha- so it didn't they didn't make it sound like she could make a body like out of nothing. Like she needed something to Although inhabit. She is the queen. That's true. I think like, the movie did not think that through. That's my opinion. I just am wondering if there's a if there's a town in Atlanta that is infected that is like overtaken and now it's like spreading. What what's what's the town and the main town in Atlanta. Can you please think about the question that you just asked? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Is yeah. Atlanta a town? The main town. Atlanta's a I city. I just Canada. said, I literally and said I'm the main town in Atlanta. I was thinking Georgia. And he did it to me. <laughs> I did it too. I knew before it he gays, did it. And then I went ahead and I, and I yes handed him because we're, we're allies to one another. <laughs> um, I have no idea. You, I don't, you know, I don't care and I don't want to care about American geography. And that, I think, is something that is my oh, that's right. You're in, Can- you're in Canada. That's right. Yeah. We only had to memorize. <laughs> I'm like, I think 10 provinces. Oh, God, I don't know. I hope that's right. You know what? No one listening to this is Canadian. 10 provinces. Uh, actually, we have a big audience in Canada. And two territories. So everyone's in the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. But yeah, I guess because like, cause Atlanta, Ohio, that's like a big jump. It is a big so, jump. Yeah, how'd she get there? I, took, I 
didn't even think I didn't even fucking think about that. I was just like, yep, yeah, whatever. And she's a monster, so it's all it's all bullshit anyway. But I didn't even think about that. I just like the idea that either Atlanta's taken over or some small town in Georgia is taken over. That's what I'm I'm happy about. There's no actual happy ending. They're just like, in in a month, it's going to be bad. This does not have a happy ending. I am am firmly convinced about this. This is not a happy ending movie. Is it because it's it's straight? Straight love at the end? Okay. Yes. That is definitely part of it. But no. Okay. So here's the thing. All right. So... Throughout the, the movie, we have Stokely talking about her reading, right? And so she's talking about Heinlein's Puppet Master, and she's talking about Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And the theme behind them is that we lose, they win. So then you have Mary Beth, who is talking about the, the idea of conformity and the idea of taking away conflict and creating this sort of like perfect race where there's like no fighting, no angst, no anger, no real emotions one way or the other thing. She talks about, she tells Casey, I could give you a world without anger, without fear, without attitude. And then she says, I can make you a part of something so special, Casey. So by the end of the movie, what happens? Conformity happens. You have Zeke, the criminal, joining the football team. You have Stokely giving up her queer alt roots and making out with the football stud. You have Delilah, who spent the movie harassing Casey, is now smitten with him. And you have Casey, who is now what? He's popular. He is not the person getting rammed into the into the uh, flagpole with his crotch. Regardless of whether they're infected by parasites by the end, the aliens won because Casey looks around. He's like, sure, things sure have changed. And as he says that. The same assholes that grabbed him in the beginning of the movie are grabbing someone else and running, running off to the, the flagpole. So he is completely oblivious to the fact that things have not changed. He has changed. He has risen to a different social status. He has become conformity. It is a tragic ending. That's so depressing. But you're not wrong. Yeah. Because that's my one thing. Everyone talks about how like how out of out of touch the ending is with the rest of the movie. And on first when I saw it as a, as a kid, I remember thinking, yeah, but no, this movie actually has a very subtle satire about the fact that because he is now with the in crowd, he doesn't see that the world hasn't changed. He has conformed. They all have. And that's tragedy. Do you think that's what he wanted? Do you think do you think like if he was given that option at the beginning of the movie, he would have taken it? Uh, probably. I mean, he's getting picked on. He really is. He's getting picked on. He's in love with Delilah. And who? He's in love with Delilah, and she's, like, harassing him. She's so homophobic. Oh, she's horrible. Why is she so homophobic? Using terms I've never heard against lesbians. The terms I was like, Jesus, we are in the 90s with what she is. I don't remember any of them, but I remember them being egregious. Yeah. It was, like, muff diver kind of adjacent. Yeah, like muffin muncher, like like gross Ooh. things like that, where you're just like, why is that what you decided to say? Well, and she's asking like Mary Beth, I hope you're not a violent lesbian. I am. Yeah, and that's such a strange <laughs> lesbian, uh, like I don't know what's the word stereotype, I guess. Because mm-hmm. like yeah, I guess I've heard it before, but like I've known so many lesbians and none of them have been violent. So where is that coming from? <laughs> Fear of women. Yeah, it's true. Fear of dif- of difference, 100%. Which I will say, I think is a theme that this movie uh, covers, the sort of idea of the monstrous femme. Cool. I will say that this movie probably digs into. Um, I'm curious if you saw any of that, Mary Beth? Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah. Because, like, Mary Beth starts out... The, <laughs> this is so weird talking about the character Mary Beth when I'm... <laughs> talking to you but she starts out this sort of like mousy virginal girl and then by the end of it she is naked strutting down the you know the 
the halls of the uh, locker room and she's turning into a monster. And then you have the same with Miss Burke, Famke Jensen, mm-hmm. who starts out this like mousy uh, librarian type who's like she gets upset when the kid, which rightly so, the kid talks about the condom. But then later on, she's like, eat me, asshole. <laughs> like she's like I'm turning to this- my foot. So up here so far, up your ass are going to be sucking my toes until graduation. That's great. It's an incredible line. Thank you, Kevin Williamson. It is an incredible line. Very beautiful. No, but that's true because I feel like there's a lot. I mean, not necessarily with Mary Beth's character because she it, like she's not a person becoming a monster. Like she is always the monster, but there is this kind of trend because you see that with the older teacher as well, where like they're mousy and kind of reserved, and this this parasite gives them a confidence level because like they it's almost like it eats the like the self confidence like the id in their brain and it, it, they become something. Not eats the well, head, but like not it, the men. It's just the like, the ladies get blowouts. Really, it's like, very interesting. Like, it's like the alien. men don't really change like that much, but the women really change. And I think yes. it's fascinating. It's like the men aren't as useful as the women who really undergo this like crucial transformation as like mm-hmm. their attitudes. Like the men become with- kind of just like shells. They're like. You look beautiful yeah, the men, today. They, they don't even focus on... Okay, have we talked about Jon Stewart being in this movie yet? Has that come out? <laughs> no, we haven't! <laughs> what you, I saw him in this movie. I was like... <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's so... Yeah, it's so strange when, when his, like, older career pops up. You're like, I, it seems wrong. It feels like... Yeah. This should all be erased. Um, But yeah, he, nothing happened to him, except he just got a little more murderous. And in, in fact, the coach gets nicer. Yeah, that's they yeah. say. It. Like he used to be such a hard ass. Now he's just murdering everyone. Yeah, it's that. It's like, and I think I like. It's really. It is interesting because it is like she's the queen bee. But it's interesting how like the male characters don't change, but the female characters undergo. Like they find strength. Like she's able to tell Zeke to go fuck himself, basically, Confidence, and like yeah. and kick his ass. And then, but then like Mary Beth is able to use that like that kind of the assumptions about the mousy young woman. Like she, it's almost like she. Not even almost like she knows that people are going to think, oh, like the skinny little blonde girl isn't going to know anything, have any confidence, so she'll be very unassuming. And so she plays to those expectations, particularly of Zeke and of everybody, and manipulates them the whole time. And she's with them the whole time. And she uses that kind of, oh, this meek young woman is totally like she's, she's definitely allergic to scat, the drug. She's not actually an alien. Like, we're not going to make her sniff right. it. And we believe it. Even you, you even be- the three of us kind of believed it. We like fell into that trap. You gotta, if you're shiny, not shiny, if you're tiny and have like a higher pitch voice, it's, you're like, oh, you, you couldn't learn well, a you fly. Have southern draw. And that southern draw. You have southern yes, draw. the southern draw. Yes. It, yeah, she, I liked how she subverts our expectations and, and is a very surprising killer, ultimately. But I love that, though. Like, that's my favorite shit when, like, the kind of unassuming, like, woman becomes the bad bitch, monstrous killer, like, that reveal. It's just my favorite thing. Because, like, I know people say, like, oh, women as monsters. I want women to be monsters, like, all the time, especially in these roles where she, like, is naked and confident and just becomes a giant fucking monster. Like, I want to become a giant fucking monster. And so when I see these characters, it's just, like, fuck yes. Like, shed this nasty-ass coil where everyone projects their own nasty, like, insecurities onto you and just shed that and just eat them. (laughs) 
shed that into insecurities and eat them alive. <laughs> That's the future liberals want. It is. <laughs> I like that. It's Kevin Williamson has an interesting history with writing women, in my opinion. He, you know, he's a gay man and he's very good at subverting the genre and, and, and sort of reversing expectations, all that. But I, I find that he doesn't necessarily write women with, with care or respect. I was reading uh, one of his unmade scripts for Halloween H2O. And yeah, he, he like does what all the other like straight screenwriters do, which is like talk about women as boobs and hair. And I noticed that a lot r- reading his scripts rather than seeing them on screen. So I don't know if I really think that he's doing women too many favors, but I, I like your take a lot. I'll t- it's mostly that I will take his, I'll take the the scraps that I have given, I am given me. <laughs> yeah, you have to, right? You have no choice. Because, well, like, I mean, like, all, a lot of these female characters are archetypes. Like, she, while she is the monster, like, Claire Duvall's character is reduced to black eyeliner and, like, being, a, 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 faking being a lesbian so she's left alone and liking the jock and, like, um, fuck, what's her name? Delilah is, is like, the hot girl. You know, like, they are still archetypes. Like, he's very mm-hmm. well-written archetypes. These aren't, like, necessarily deeper characters. But I, I think like he them. thinks they are, though. You were, we were saying that it's, it's like, they're, they're all pulls from uh, The Breakfast Club. So they are these basic archetypes that are Kevin Williams-cinified and kind of all are a little bit sub- subverted. And I think it does work. I think that he he does make these characters way more interesting than the average 90s slasher ever would have. Like, they've got I, I some am, backstory. They like some backstories, and, like, they're likable. I like them still. Even Jordana Brewster? Was that her, is that who that was? Yes. I did like when all the slugs were underneath her face, though. That was pretty yeah, fucking that was creepy. Cool. Mm, uh, the whole mm-hmm. time I was like, is she Olivia Rodrigo? I, the whole time I kind of reacted <laughs> her. As, like, she'd be good yes. in the remake, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. She just needs her driver's license. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 She, Fuck she, I off. <laughs> I like that. God damn it. <laughs> okay. I know that the movie the movie hasn't didn't come out for like a year after this, but as I was watching this movie, I kept thinking about she's all that mm-hmm. because you have like Mrs. Olsen's makeover, and all of a sudden it's like. Boom, and then you have Famke Jansen's makeover, and she's like, "Ooh, I'm sexy. All I had to do was take my hair out of its, you know, thing and take off my glasses." Uh, and my favorite look at me. is when they get you get hot and you take off your glasses. Bitch, I wish that was true. <laughs> me too. Then, I would do it. Then way you more have often. Delilah, who who goes the reverse route and goes back to the she's all that character before, where she gets all mousy with her glasses on because she can't wear contacts. Why? Because she's an alien. She doesn't want to dehydrate herself because contacts oh, will suck out the like liquid God. out of you. Of course. Small little plot. T- Point. but the fact that she like demakeovers and it, it becomes the starting point for she's all that I, and i realized the movie hasn't even come out yet but as i was watching this now that's all i could think about and the hairspray thing too because she says how she hasn't used hairspray in a million years and i'm guessing that that would probably also be kind of drying interesting yeah oh He's, yeah it's smart it's a smart script i have i have to give it that yeah, for sure there is some really smart stuff in have here you seen he's all that yet no <laughs> do you even know what i'm talking about no yes it's on netflix yeah, yeah. oh Starring some tick, I think a TikTok star. I don't know anymore. R.I.P. to all of humanity. <laughs> I think it's Charlie something. Charlie D'Amelio. I don't know how oh, to say yeah. it. But she, I have a funny she... story about her. Can I say it? Sure. What is your funny no. story? It's not a funny Charlie. story. I'm a big Charlie XCX fan because I'm gay. It's fine. And um, one day, Charlie XCX is like 
amazing trans uh, producer passed away. And so the internet was like, um, we're here Sophie? for you, Charlie. Yeah, Sophie. Yes. Yeah. Sophie. And actually a big Sophie fan. So I, I like that you Sophie. knew. I love Sophie. Oh, me too. I, I, I'm a big fan. So RIP Sophie. Yeah, so all of Twitter was like, we're here for you, Charlie. We love you, Charlie. Everything's fine. And then Charlie D'Amelio went on Twitter and was like, it's so nice that you guys are thinking of me today. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes, yes. And I actually had no idea who she was until that. But apparently she's the most famous person in the world and was definitely at the Met Gala. Yeah, she's like big on. She like dances in her bathroom on TikTok and has like a, <laughs> yeah. and has like a special Dunkin' Donuts order. Uh, that's enough. Good, Good for, for her. you. Good for her. Yeah, it was on her Wikipedia because I had to find out who she was, and it said dancer, and I was like, okay. Like she's just like a hot girl on the internet who dances in like short shorts. I like that we've streamlined it though. You know, we don't need the Disney system anymore to make these people uber famous. They can just do it on their own. But you know what? I can't. I want a version of the faculty with like tiktok like what kids are yes. now you yes. know what i mean like i yes. i'm so excited that teen slashers are coming back because like we have we such a, a new kind of teen yes and i'm very excited to see how they interpret that into movies like the faculty and to scream and like they're I know, doing a good that job with fear street a, and yeah so far mm-hmm. but we're like, in a renaissance so i but i want to see more because like Fear Street still had a little bit of a vintagey vibe to it. I was yes, like it a little did. bit more, and I'm like, I think but all I of them see... are going to though. I think uh, they're all kind of paying homage to the '90s. Have you seen the trailer for "There's Someone Inside Your House" yet? I watched like two seconds of it and stopped because I didn't want to spoil anything. Oh, okay. I'm really, I'm really excited for it. Also, there's a Kim Petra song in the in the trailer, so I'm here for that. But like, I get that wanting to have that homage, but at the same time, like, I do want to see what happens when like. A TikToker gets fucking murdered on TikTok and it posts. Like, I want to make that fucking movie. Like, I am obsessed with... But I'm also obsessed with, like, horror on TikTok. But I think there's, like... Okay, so Unfriended 3, we need to get you that... We need to get you that contract. Yeah, you do. I'd make a great Unfriended 3. Hold all through TikToks. Not that a bad idea. It's not terrible, a bad idea. but I swear no. I'd make it good. It wouldn't... It's better than it being over Skype, which is what the first one was, and I loved it. That's true. Anyway. I love, I love Unfriended. Just lots of um, thoughts. So Kevin Williamson's writing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I love it. I love some of the lines in here. I mean, okay. The fact that he gets Stan, the the jock, to say, I worked hard for that D. That was my D. I deserve that D. I was like, he tries to make that, that Williamson. He tries to make that character so sympathetic. Stan? He just wants that D. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I'm like... Get this guy out of here. No, it really doesn't. No. Like the moment he calls Clay Duvall a beast, I was like, no, fuck you. Beast. Um, yes. I, I, he also felt like not well casted. I feel like that actor may have, I may have bite him a, a little better in a different high school archetype rather than the jock. He, like, I wasn't totally buying it from him. Oh, he was my favorite in the movie when I was, it, when I was a 17 year old, 18 year old, 17 year old. But for like 17-year-old. reasons that are obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, I it, wanted him to get that D. He, 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 he got it. He earned it. He, he worked so hard for it. Um, no, it's gotta um, be Elijah Wood. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's gotta be. Oh, see, you, you and Trace can have can have Elijah. Okay, because Trace loves him. He's just you could you could he's, throw him around. You know, I like that. He's just so cute. What if you want to be the one that gets thrown around? We could make that work. <laughs> no, I don't know if okay, I okay. could do that. With I him, don't actually. know. I, I don't, don't think know. that would work with him. You'd have to find somebody else. It wouldn't. Be, yeah, Sonia. So then, no, then not with Elijah Wood. <laughs> if you want to be thrown around, then, then with, with, with with Josiah. What was his name? Robert Patrick. Him. Yeah. 
Josiah. Josiah. I love that that is your point of reference with Robert Patrick. Is so I know. Not Terminator funny. 2. Like the biggest it. movie in the world. It. Never seen it. Oh, it's so good. This is anti-homosexual uh, rhetoric. No, that movie is great. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I don't know. It just looks so mask for mask. Oh, it's incredibly masculine. That's why it's incredible. But it then, is. But... It's incredibly masculine, but also Sarah Connor is like the sexiest mm. woman on the planet, and she's incredible. Do you mean Laurie Strode? Because I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll give it a go. No, I never will. I'll never do that. Um, yeah, sometimes straight culture is not that bad, though. So I can give you that. But the fact that he makes a joke about our town, where he's like, at the very beginning, they're talking about not having sets, and the principal says to reuse our town set. Theater nerd in me died laughing because I don't know if you know Mary Beth. Our town does not have a set. Oh, <laughs> oh! I should have known that. He just does not have a set. Do you think wow. he knew so that, that, that? Yes, he does. Oh, because it's in the course he did. He is like, oh, man. wow, that's gen- <laughs> that's genius. <laughs> That's why it made me laugh this time. I didn't get it when I was when I was a teen. But there is no our town is basically like typically a bunch of chairs. It's very rent, actually. Yes. (laughs) Also, and this is not his intention because it's he COVID was not happening. But when Selma Hayek is like sneezing on everybody, why I was triggered by that. (laughs) I was like. I was triggered by the, there being so many people in the hallway. I was like, this is wrong. <laughs> this is but not a good idea. She was like sneezing and everyone's like, she, they were like, oh, go home, take a sick day. She's like, no, I want to use my sick day for when I'm feeling good. I know. Yes. I Same, was like, oh, girl. so her germs are going to defeat the aliens. That's no. what I thought too. I thought it was, no. it, sorry, my contact's freaking out. I thought she was going to have like, <gasps> oh, she's. You are an alien. <gasps> that was an accidental perfect That's callback. You're getting dried out because of your contact. And your Delilah. Oh, Disconnect. Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Oh, Jesus Christ. You got me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Skins are bubbling. But yeah, that, that point where she's like just sneezing and coughing, I was like, I can't do this. I can't ever see anyone cough near another person it's again. so scary. When people touch each other in movies now, I'm like, no, no, go home. <laughs> Stay home. Um, I would like to quickly talk about Scat, the drug he sells in ballpoint pens to random kids outside along with um, fake IDs. That is caffeine and other household products. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, isn't that what meth is, to be honest? Yeah, I was going to say, so he's (laughs) making, literally this kid is making like Mm -hmm. meth light in the basement. And yeah. He's, yeah. he's selling kids meth. Yeah, absolutely. If not worse. If not. <laughs> the fact that it's like, he's so smart. I'm like, I don't think having a ton of test tubes in your basement making drugs necessarily means you're smart. He is a smart character. I know I that. Don't but agree. It's just very... I think it does. I couldn't do it. And I don't know. Fair. Maybe I could. I don't know. Doesn't get I high in its own supply. My other I favorite watched, line. Like reason. three episodes of Breaking Bad, but I did learn that you need a special kind of tub to break up a body in with acid. You sure you do. do. So I did learn that. I don't want that shit falling down through your ceiling. That's so scary. It was so gross. So gross. Another two mask for mask for me energy, to be honest. Oh, it's so good though. Um, I, I do think we need to talk briefly about the asshole in the room, though. I'm the sorry. fact that Harry Knowles is in this movie. <gasps> oh my god. Yes! Ah, 
I'm so sorry. Harry Knowles um, was in the one of the scenes with the teachers. He was playing a teacher, and he is the uh, well was is still I guess the owner of Ain't It Cool News. Uh oh. Do you did you ever read Ain't It Cool I, News? I know of it. I'm I'm scared. I feel like this isn't going in a good direction though. I'm kind of excited. Um, he was a member of the Austin Film Critics Association, and he would host a button every year in Austin, where it was like a bunch of movies. He um, was sort of like, unfortunately, the face of geek uh, criticism back in the early 2000s. And he is also um, a sexual predator, apparently, with sexual ac- assault acquisi- a- allegations that popped out in like 2017. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of like a, uh, I don't know, kind of a uh, star fucker in a lot of ways. And he showed up in a lot of horror movies. Uh, I forgot like the that he, he, he name was time, in I have to Google because I know I Harry Knowles. What a scary name. Any relation to um, he Beyonce? Was... <laughs> Sorry. Not no. once you see a picture, you will laugh at the fact that you even asked that question. <laughs> um, oh no, I he... thought Beyonce. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember him. He was a a, a kid, he was a teen in this. No, no he was a teacher, teacher in this. He was in the, the oh. teachers' room. Wasn't he um, the one getting wrapped up? Because the copy by the, the, the nurse, of teeth. course, yeah. by the hot nurse is he's being wrapped up by. He's also a head in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Um. He was in Monkey Bone. Wow, I didn't parts. realize he was he in the Ghost of so Mars. He's in. A, he was in a lot of movies because, like, people felt like he had. They had to suck up to him because of his reviews, and he's kind of an asshole. And it bothers me whenever I see him in a movie anymore. I feel like you can't review a movie that you're in, right? You're not supposed to do that, right? I feel like that's ethically weird. If you're in a movie, why would you review it? Yeah, he hasn't made a movie since 2011, so that's a good sign good um i didn't know about this this is fascinating to me yeah it's just every time he pops up in one of these old movies i'm like oh that's right he was a thing for a moment it's so weird when you watch movies from the like the 90s and you're like oh god remember that person before they were well they were gross but then remember they were outed for being gross i feel Mm -hmm. like that's so much is there anything (laughs) else that we wanted to hit with the faculty Mm. um can we talk very briefly uh about how awesome Famke Jansen's tentacle head is very awesome. <gasps> incredible. It's incredible. That was the reason I wanted to watch the movie. I saw that gif and I was like, well, now I have to watch this movie because this can, is an incredible Can you say that moment. sentence again? The name and then tentacle head behind it? Because I can't say her name. Famke Jansen? Famke yeah. Jansen. Isn't it? Yeah. Famke Jansen's tentacle head. Would that be a good band name? Yes. It would be. <laughs> uh, what if I got a tattoo of her, like an outline of her tentacled head, just like walking around my elbow? <laughs> that would be so uh, you cool. You need to do this. <laughs> like, and I feel like it would stroll into the garden of your sleeve. Oh, that's true. What if my artist just like puts her like in like the one little blank spot I have left, like behind the bat on my elbow, just like funky oh. Jensen's head with a little tentacle waving out? Is the other side horror? I think so. I, that wasn't the oh, initial intention, but cool. like I have a couple of them. So I think that's going to be the vibe. Her head, her head was giving me Mars Attacks vibes, though. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. It was this. That when did that come out? That's got ninety six. Okay, yeah. so very, very close to this. I can never tell when things are so close together. Like, did they, like, did they see Mars Attacks before they started like writing and making the faculty? Like, I always I feel like they kind of had to. Had, yeah, I think okay. so too. I don't. 
production timelines are weird in my head. I don't understand how you make movies. <laughs> I, I spoke with Grady Hendrix not so long ago, and apparently at one point he was tapped to write a, a faculty like reboot for TV that never happened. Wouldn't that have been so oh. fucking cool? Written by Grady cool. Hendrix? I don't think it was like his project, though. I think he was just like on it. He was just like involved. Still. Apparently Kevin Williamson is not that bad. Because, yeah, oh. according... Yeah, I know. Isn't that surprising? Don't well, you feel good. like he would don't be that to, bad? Don't you love to hear it? You're like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> please yeah. let one boy, let one person be like... Yes. It's like, always extra normal. disappointing when the gays turn out to be monsters, too. Which is, of course, mm-hmm. most. But it hurts, it, hurts, it hurts more for me. I was just thinking about how I was just reading an article about uh, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. Um, when he was finally talking about his time on Drag Race, Drag Race Canada and how atrocious his experience was well you're speaking to the right person about that because i'm rupaul no i'm not um i'm canadian though yeah he <laughs> yes, got, i know you he got destroyed by the internet because people just thought he was annoying so they thought they could send him he death did threats. and he was really upset that it was coming from the queer community because he was used to it coming from everyone else so it was really upsetting that it was coming from <laughs> we're i mean gays are vicious it's better gays he are knows horrible. that now <laughs> i will say i'm not did you see drag race canada of course I did. Okay, well, I, I bet you Mary Beth has not, so it's a safe question. Um, what did you think? But again, we we established this. Mary Beth's not a gay man. No, to my I know. She's a straight man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I stand by it. You have taken her voice away. I think, <laughs> nah, like a straight nah. man would. No, I was doing the Ursula. Did it? Did it read? No, you can't even see my hands. No. Yeah, gays are vicious and also often predators too. It's all it's all it's all it's all it's all bad, basically. On that note, do we want to wrap <laughs> all up? Right, bye guys. This was a wild discussion. <laughs> Please somebody you're gonna edit some of this out. No, it's going out just exactly as it, it has is. It's happened to me we before where I've been editing. on a podcast and they just released it as is, so let's wrap this up and give us a rating out of five. Terry. How many Vom K. Jensen's tentacled heads out of five do you give the faculty? I, okay. I think, okay, I'm going to just say, right, right, I think it's four. I'm going to give it four Vom okay. K. Jensen tentacled heads out of five for this. I think this is a, a really decent movie. I love the themes that it is exploring. Uh, we didn't really hit on it too much, but I love the fact that it's talking about conformity and the, the climax of the film happens in a boy's locker room which is the epitome of the area of con- of conformity where anyone who is remotely different is going to feel uncomfortable and so i love that there are po- points at that that are pulling from like outsider perspective queer perspective that kind of aspect of going to high school that are confronted in this and then by the end of it it is portraying this idea of like it almost the ending almost reminds me a little bit of minus the stinger of sort of the way that Nightmare on Elm Street ends, where it's like all of a sudden everything is bright and shiny and everything is perfect and everything's back together. But there's that hint that maybe it's not. And that's the way I feel when I've watched this movie. There's no giant ending where it's like someone jumps out and goes, ha ha. But like the way it's portrayed is so subtly dystopian that I just I think this movie is great. So I'm going to give it four Famke Jansen tentacled heads out of five. What about you, Mary Beth? I think I will also give it four um, Famke Jensen's tentacled heads out of five. I really loved it the first time I saw it, but this time around I appreciated it even more for the writing. Especially, and if you're talking about it, like 
Josh and Terry, they're talking about Kevin, Kevin Williamson's writing and how clever it is and how like, he is really good at writing this like really smart dialogue about teenagers. Like it's very obviously like written kind of against stereotypes and based in existing um, tropes, but at the same time, like he does some really interesting stuff with it and subverts his expectations in a really cool way and applies them to like horror movies and creates these really cool, unique things that, you know, stand the test of time no matter, no matter how old the CGI looks. And we'll always have Josh Hartnett's hair like this, immortalized forever. So thank you, the faculty, partially to the faculty. I know it's also an H2O, but I'm also going to thank the faculty. The true parasite has been living on his head. It's like true. Every scene, it Since was like the beginning of time. facing a different direction. It was. It was. It's, it's yeah. very impressive. I think one of the, the, the heads goes to his hair both sticking up in the back and also being flat at the same time. Like he wore yes. a hat. Like he had how? both hat hair and bed head at the same time. And I don't how? understand how you accomplish that, but I'm pretty impressed. You know those brooms that have like the black bristles that if it, it, sometimes they get like yes. pushed out of place? That's what that is to me. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, so that's that's just it's a great movie. And there's a Mary Beth in it. There's never a Mary Beth. So And she's And there's the, a literal Mary Beth, like the word on the screen. It's true. There is. Um but Josh, do you have the final word? How many from Kay Jensen's tentacled heads out of five do you give this movie? I must say also gonna name. have to give this uh four sexy Janine Garofalo's out of five, actually. <laughs> um, and I thought about it because I was like, is this a three? There's a, there's a three energy sometimes to this movie. Oh, but yeah. But of course, you have to give it the benefit of 1998. And it's so smart and so fun. And the cast, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how are these people in this movie? Um, it's just, yeah, it's just such a great example of what the late 90s had to offer. And I have I owe so much to that era, so I have to give this a four. Hell yeah. We didn't even talk about how this was like a big movie for Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, we, oh, he, yeah. his name hasn't even been said, which I, I'm okay with. You know, we don't... So many men. Yeah, this was... The direction was so good. Like, beautiful, even. I love when the word dimension pictures comes up on the screen. I do, too, which is so triggering a little bit because of you can guess yeah. why the weinstein yeah. but like, i don't think a single episode of my podcast has occurred without talking about dimension films so like it's just we have to make we have to make friends with it to some degree so thank you so much josh for joining us to talk about the faculty where can our listeners find you and what do you have coming up that you'd like to share i think more most importantly is you could check out my podcast development hell and uh we're on social, so you can find us at Development Hell Pod on Instagram or Devil Hell Pod on Twitter. You can find me at Josh Coring at just about anywhere in the world. And uh, what am I working on? So Development Hell, we're having like a series next month for October where we're going to do four Halloween movies that never happened. So there's the alternative Halloween 4. There's a bunch of weird ones in the pipeline that I'm excited for. So check that out. Awesome. All right, listeners, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. What's your experience with the faculty? You can send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gailey Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. I mixed them up for some reason. I don't know why. Thank you to everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. <laughs> Until next time. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? 
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.